0: Okay? And then I don't want to participate either. All right, anyway. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6. Tonight I want to begin a series on reprobates and uh, begin to explain and begin to teach on that one word uh, that is given to us in the Scripture about six or seven times. that we find that word reprobate. And one of the times is here in Jeremiah chapter 6. Uh, I do want to say before we get started tonight that, that none of you will know if anyone else is a reprobate. That will be no decision on your part uh, that none of us tonight can say that a certain group of people or a certain sect of people, and we can automatically say something like this, they're reprobates. If you do that, you're a false judge. You have no idea. You're saying, you're speaking out of what you don't understand and don't know. So we cannot make that judgment call. Uh, we, have that, no, we don't have that ability. Only God will be the one who knows who the reprobates are and the reprobate. And sometimes, in many occasions, it may know that the reprobate don't even know. And so we find tonight, one point I just wanted to make is that we definitely don't know who are not reprobates, who are the reprobates. So we can't make that judgment call, okay? I just want to make sure the church understands that we're not going to go around calling people reprobates. That's not how we perform and how we do, okay? And so here in chapter 6 of Jeremiah, let's begin reading in verse 26, if you don't mind. We'll we'll probably go through the whole chapter tonight uh, with the help of the Lord. But let's stand to our feet in honor of God's Word tonight as we uh, begin to. Verse 26 down to verse 30, and verse 30 is the word reprobate. We find in verse 26, O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth and wallow thyself in ashes. Make thee mourning as of an only son. Most bitter lamentation, for the spoiler shall suddenly come upon us. I have set thee for a tire and for a fortress among my people, that thou mayest know and try their way. They are all grievous revolters walking with slanders. They are brass and iron. They are all corrupters. The bellies are burned. The lead is, is consumed of the fire. And the founder melteth in vain. For the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them. Because the Lord hath rejected them. We come to you in Jesus name here this evening. And I humbly come to you Lord. I come to you with a submissiveness in my heart. Uh, God, not only that, but God, with a hurt. And God, of of knowing tonight, Lord, that there's probably people that that are reprobates that we might even know, and yet we don't know. And Father, just to know that there are reprobates tonight, God, is very alarming. And we pray tonight, Lord, that you'll help us to understand it. God, give us the clarity that we need. Father, I pray that you'd open our hearts, our minds, I pray tonight if somebody uh, is a reprobate within this room, dear God, amongst these people tonight, and you reveal it to them, God, I pray for them, Lord God. I pray, Lord, whatever can be happening or whatever can take place will take place. And God, I pray before those who become reprobates that they, they'll turn to God. And God, that they'll get their heart right with the Lord. And God, have mercy, I pray. God, be merciful tonight. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. And amen. You might be seated. And so you're looking at the context of the scripture tonight. And we find that at the very last verse it says, Reprobate silver shall men call them. Now who are them? Who are them? Well you go to chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, them are the children of Benjamin. Uh, Verse 2, them are the daughter of Zion. We look in verse 8, O Jerusalem. We find there in, uh, in verse 11, it says, the children... In verse 11, it says the assembly. It says there in verse 13, the prophet and the priest. It says in verse 14, uh, the my people. We find in verse 18, O congregation. We find there in verse 23, daughter of Zion. In verse twenty six 26, O daughter of my people. We find tonight in verse 27, my people. Now I wonder tonight who the Lord is calling Who the Lord is saying that people will call uh, this group uh, reprobate silver tonight? Can I suggest to you tonight, according to the scripture, that he's not calling the world that right here. He's not calling uh, tonight the lost and the way of the heathen nations or the pagan nations tonight. He's not calling tonight those who don't have any idea who he is or where he's come from tonight. He is calling those people tonight that are called my people, he said, my congregation, my assembly, uh, my daughter, uh, my daughter of Zion tonight. It brings a great fear in our hearts tonight that he's talking about his own people. He's not talking about something or someone tonight uh, that is just absolutely uh, gone to the place of great, uh, great depths of sin or great depths of depravity or talking about somebody tonight that has went off into maybe adultery or uh, maybe to fornication or drunkenness or hoarding them or tonight or, or even adultery tonight. He's talking to his people. And tonight I'm saying that the reprobates of this Jeremiah chapter 6 uh, is, could be possibly be uh, the, in the church tonight. It could possibly be church people that are in some of the churches, uh, not in all the churches. It could be some church members tonight. It could be some church uh, people that visit the church tonight. All I'm saying is, is many a times when we hear the word reprobate, we think about the murderers. We think about uh, those that are are attacking our children. We're thinking about those who are thieves and robbers and and abusers of women and children. We think about the worst of society, don't we? When you think of that word reprobate. But that's not the case in Jeremiah chapter 6. He's not at all referring to that group of people. He's referring to the group that's with Him. And so tonight we need to look at this very closely. I noticed number one tonight, the reasoning with the people in the church. The reasoning with the people in the church. I have said this morning, but I believe the whole world tonight, I believe the majority of them are reprobates. I believe tonight, and much of the church is a reprobate. And before it's all said and done, before you die, and before the world is ended, you're going to find more reprobates. And the reason why tonight is what the Bible teaches about how these individuals became a reprobate. In reasoning with the people, in other words, I'm saying this this evening that God reasoned with His people. God reasoned with them. God just didn't look at them and judge them and say, you're a reprobate. God didn't say, listen, I, I, I tell you what, I don't like the way you're living. I don't no like the way you're doing, and you're just a reprobate. That ain't what happened here. God reasoned with His people. And there's not a reprobate on the earth tonight that God has not reasoned with. Uh, Every reprobate that is a reprobate, God has reasoned with them. Uh, God has been very uh, long-suffering. God has been very patient with them. God has dealt with them. God has talked with them. God has been a God that He's always been. He's a God of low suffering. And tonight we find in verse 20, we notice that these people that are called reprobates in verse 30 is the same people in verse 20. Look what they're doing. To what purpose cometh there to me an incense through from Sheba and the sweet cane from a far country. For burnt offerings is not acceptable, nor sacrifice sweet unto me. What in the world's going on here? I tell you what's going on. Those reprobates in verse thirty is the same people that's still going to the temple. It's the same people that is still doing what they always do. They continued coming to church. They continued coming to the temple. They continued coming and doing what they're doing and how they're doing it. That's what the Bible's teaching here tonight. In verse 30, he says they will be called reprobates because God has rejected them. But yet, they're still coming to the temple and and reprobates of the day is still coming to church. And we find tonight with that, the people, uh, they physically came. It says, cometh there to me incense from Sheba. They're physically coming to church. Not looking at it on, the, on video or on Google or, or looking on their phone or looking on live and all that kind of stuff. Friend, No, they're coming to the temple. These people who God called silver a reprobate silver is coming to the temple. They're coming physically. Uh, the people are physically giving. The Bible says that they offer incense. They get sweet cane from a far country. They burn. Offerings that are not acceptable to God, and nor, are, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. And so they are physically participating. They are physically making sacrifices. They are physically coming to the temple. They are physically here. They're physically singing. They're physically giving. They're physically going. They're physically doing. They're physically here. Amen. That's what it says. The same people who he calls reprobate silver is the ones that are going to the temple. Now isn't that amazing? You would think that these people who are called reprobate silver tonight would be the heathens outside the temple. You would think they might be the the very wicked uh, undergenerate people tonight that are just awful in sin and depravity and vice of life. But that's not the case. The case is it's the people. And so he's about to reason with them. So they continued to come to the church or the temple, but as they came they continued to cancel in the church. You see, when they came, they came to do their thing. They came to do their agenda. They came to do what they wanted to do. And at the same time the Bible says that they continued to counsel, uh, counsel uh, in the church or the temple. Look in verse ten. Look in verse ten with me tonight. He says, "To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised; they cannot hear. They cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them as a reproach; they have no delight in me." And God is saying I'm trying to reason with you. Before you are called a reprobate silver, before I will reject you, I'm trying to reason with you. I'm trying to warn you. I'm trying to bring word to you. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to give to you. I'm trying to instruct you. I'm trying to direct you. I'm trying to reprove you. I'm trying to rebuke you. I'm trying to bring you to the place of understanding but you have uncircumcised ears and you cannot hear. He said, that's a problem. As I want to talk to you and I want to warn you and tell you that there's coming a country that is going to bring great judgment upon you and it's going to bring great harm on you and this great judgment is going to do you great harm but you won't Listen to my word. The word of God is not what you want to listen to. Matter of fact, you can't listen to my word of God because your ears are uncircumcised. Uh, They're not cut where they can hear. And friend, my word, matter of fact, is a reproach to you. You have no delight. In God's word tonight, uh, your ears are closed. My words have become an enemy to you. That word reproach means an enemy. And so he's saying, as I want to warn you and I want to speak to you, my words are not something that brings comfort to you, that brings a, a, a unity to you. It doesn't bring help to you. It brings a reproach to you. These are people in the church. As the preacher's preaching behind the pulpit, and they're sitting out here. And they won't listen. They won't take the warning. They can't. Because the word of God has become an enemy to them. And secondly, the word of God is no delight to them. It brings no Peace, it doesn't bring any help. It doesn't bring any joy. It doesn't touch their heart. It doesn't move their soul. It doesn't change them. And Fred, we find tonight that people come to church day in, day out, day in, day out, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and preach, and preach, and preach, and preach, and never no movement. No altar calls. No falling down on your face. No expression of tears flowing down your eyes. No brokenness of your life. No concern for the unsaved. You make no response and you respond not to the word of God. Friend, we find tonight in churches all over the world, they love Sunday morning only. Sunday night is going archaic. They're going out. You know what happens, friend? Uh, those, those people that, that are called tonight, uh, these reprobates, they love Sunday morning churches, amen? Because they don't have to come back Sunday night. They, they love it, friend, when there's not much preaching going on and when there's not much teaching of God's Word. Just like God said, I'm trying to warn you. I'm trying to speak to you. Oh, but you're, but my words are reproach to you, and my word is not a delight to you. And you know what? God says, I'm trying to work with you. I haven't, haven't, taught, haven't called you a reprobate yet, but I'm working with you. I'm working with you. I'm trying to, trying to work through this. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bring another preacher. I'm trying to bring more preaching. I, I'm trying to help you along the way, God is saying. God says, I'm trying to be merciful to you. I'm trying to be graceful to you. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help you not become a reprobate. The last thing I want from my people tonight is that they become a reprobate. He says, they canceled my word. The people cannot hear. Number two, the people cannot honor. Look of verse 13 and verse 14. He said, far from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. And they have healed also the hurt of the people, of my people slightly, saying peace and peace when there is no peace. And so God is calling these people in verse 30 a reprobate silver. And the reason why is he's trying to reason with them. But they just keep on coming to church. They just keep on coming to the, to the, to the temple. And they keep on coming with ears that are uncircumcised. And the word of God does not bring the light. And the word of God's an enemy to them. Right. And then he says... Not only that, but my people are covetous. My people are wanting what they don't have. They're not wanting me. They want everything else but me. They don't, they, they don't, they don't really want me to rule their lives. They don't want me to be in their lives. Uh, they get up in the morning and they live their lives as they want to live. And I'm just a byproduct. I mean, if I want to go to church, I will. If I read my Bible, I might. If I pray, if I think about it, I might do that as well. But listen, friend, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in God. And yeah, I believe in Jesus. But there's nothing about your life on a weekly basis. That's what he's saying to them. He said, you've got covetousness, did you? Yet you come. You offer sacrifices. You give incense. I don't, I don't receive them. I don't take them. But I'm tell you something. I'm trying to work with you now. I'm just letting you know uh, that you, my people are covetous. Uh, what they do is they're taking of the world. And, friend, today our churches are more worldly than ever. Amen. You can look how people wear, what they wear when they come to church. You can look, they drip, they drip world all over them. Uh, you can see when they come to the house of God, and when they come in the spirit they come in, and with the attitude they have. And when they come to the house of God, on the do nothing they do, they're not ready to participate. They're not ready to worship. They're not ready to praise. They're just ready to come to church, get their duty done, get their Sunday in, and get on out of here and say, I've done my religious duty for the week. That's the majority of churches tonight. That's what's going on in the days of of, uh, here in Jeremiah. He said, y'all are full of covetousness. The world has taken you on. You took on the world. And the world is more loved by you. And the world is more cared for by you. And the world is taken care. You give more to the world than you give to me. You pay more attention to the world than you do my word. Uh, You give more attention uh, to the things that are out there and the things that maybe give you gain or give you profit than you do with me. Amen. We find, thirdly, he says, my people are covetous. He said, I want you to notice that the prophets, they are corrupt. He said, and from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deal falsely. The prophets and the priest, let's just call them the preacher. That would be a good word for them. The preachers. The preachers tonight, the people are taking of the world, but the preachers are talking like the world. See, the world is deceptive. And the world lies. And the world won't give you truth. And preachers, many of them behind the pulpits today, are lying. They're not telling you truth. They're not giving you everything the Word of God is. They're telling you what they think and what they feel. They, they tell you how, how they have the emotions. And they're telling you how they interpret it. And they're telling you of what really is going on in their life, but not God's Word. They're not rightly dividing the Word of truth. They're not going line to line upon, upon line to line. They're not doing any of that tonight. Uh, they're just getting up, and they're moving their mouth, and words are coming out, and they're empty. They're like dumb dogs that don't bark. I'm telling you tonight, God said, even my prophet, and my priests are corrupt yes, I'm talking about reprobates tonight in the church the preachers tonight if you ain't got a preacher that's going to tell it like it is and tell it through the word of God and stay with it and hold on to it don't back up don't crawfish but if you ain't got a preacher like that tonight you need to leave your church and go find one you need to find a preacher tonight who's going to stand behind the Word of God and preach it with his ears pinned back and God loosen his tongue and preaching love and compassion with conviction in his heart. And, friend, when you get done out of church on that night, on that morning, friend, you'll know you've been with God and you met with church. I don't want to go to church. I drive almost an hour to church every time I come to church. Amen. And I don't want to get to the house of God and feel like I didn't meet with God. And I promise you tonight, you don't want to come to the house of God either unless you leave out of here on meeting with God. God is saying, well, i got a problem with these people, but I'm trying to reason with you. I'm just trying to let you know, prophet, priest, people. Verse 13, they're telling lies of man. The Bible says every priest dealeth falsely. In other words, they're telling lies of men. But in verse 14, they're telling lies of God. God said, they're saying peace and peace and I didn't say there was peace at all. So preachers tonight who get up and preach and say something that God don't say, wait, well, I'm telling you tonight, they're a liar. And God says, I'm trying to reason with you, my people, my priests, and my prophets. You are corrupt, and y'all knowing that, but you're covetous. And now I find that you're lying, but you're saying something that I said that I didn't say. And friend, the pulpits of America tonight are eaten up with man saying what God didn't say. Talking about reprobates tonight. I notice tonight that, fourthly, that the people are cauterized. Not only tonight are they covetous and corrupt, but cauterized. Look there in that next verse, verse 15. This ought to shock you a little bit. It says, were they ashamed when they have committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, or they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. I noticed three things tonight that, that they couldn't do and they don't do. Uh, there was no shame in the sin. And we got church members and church goers tonight who say that Jesus is the Lord of their lives and they love Christ, but they have no shame in sin. Amen! I mean you sin. You watch it on the TV. You watch adultery. You watch murder. Uh, You watch homosexuality. Uh, You watch it all on TV. And you laugh. And you giggle. And you get popcorn. And you get coke. And you watch romantic uh, movies. And you watch men and women who are not married have illicit sex. And you look upon it. And you say, wow, that was a good movie. They got cussing. And they talk about uh, very vile things tonight. And you say, well, that was a good movie. They got a few a few cuss words. Hey, baloney on that, brother. Oh, I listen to country and western. I listen to rock and roll. I listen to R.B. I listen to this. I listen to that. It's all about sexual content. It's all about this, that, and the other that God has nothing to do with it. And you got no shame in it. Reprobates. He's saying that those people who are covetous, and that priest, and that prophet who are liars, liars to men and liars to God. He said, "There's no shame in their sin." And today, sin has gotten so sensitized; sin is not sinful anymore. Thank friend. Listen, tonight we'll tell a lie at work tomorrow, and we'll go right on our little way, saying that we love Jesus. There's something wrong with us. I mean, we'll be dishonest tomorrow. If I could tell a lie and I could be dishonest so that I don't get in trouble, I'll do it to save my bacon. And we call ourselves Christian. We look at women. We look them up and down. We look at men looking up and down. And we got these awful thoughts in our hearts and in our imaginations, in our minds. And you know what? Not one time do I say, oh, God, I know I'm just human in flesh. Please forgive me of that thought. We don't do that. We just go on and say, well, that's just part of being human. Amen, Brother Larry. When you find a church member who says they love Jesus Christ and they're saved by the glorious blood of the Lamb and they have no shame of sin, you're dealing with somebody today who's not what they say they are. Number two, I notice there's no shame because he said they're not ashamed, but there's no embarrassment of sin. The Bible says they don't even blush. No embarrassment. I mean, if you're watching TV, and sometimes it happens to me, I'm watching TV, a commercial may come on or something like that. I might be watching a ball game. I'm watching news. That's all I watch is news and ball. I don't watch movies. I don't watch sitcoms. I don't watch Nick vicks. I don't watch none of that junk. I watch news, and I watch a ball game from time to time. Otherwise, I got things to do. But, friend, even in that occasion... From time to time, it might be cornflakes. Yeah. And you got this naked woman coming to on cornflake. Now, what is a cornflake and naked woman have to get? I don't know. Oh, I it, might be, it might be pinto beans, and here's these two men kissing. Yeah, Man, I'm telling you, that, that, brings a, that brings an embarrassment to me. Who's ever in the room, I want to say, oh, oh. but you know there's people tonight who say they love Jesus, and they're part of the church, and they say they're Christian. But there's no embarrassment. They let their kids, they let their kids go out into the public and watch these things that take off in the public without even talking to their kids about the things going on in their public. I'm telling you tonight, Fred, if there's no embarrassment with you with sin, there's a problem with you. Am I right? I mean, when I got saved, friend, every time I just have a thought of foolishness, there's a great conviction upon my heart. I can't get away with nothing. I can't even think it. If I even have just the imagination of it. It seems like the old finger of God comes down and points, it goes right here. You sinned against me. Oh God, forget me but those who say they're Christians and church members and don't have no blushing with sin? They don't have no shame of sin? I mean, we allow our children uh, to get on those, get on those uh, games uh, I don't know what it, what it's called, but you get on those games and you fight, and, and you're, you're fighting against somebody else. You're fighting against one another, and they're killing cops and they're killing women and they're raping women and uh, they're they're doing this with kids. And uh, they got all this going on, and you're in your you're back there drinking your tea and and eating, eating some kind of cookie while you're watching a, while you're sitting up on your bed for your kids are over in their room and they're fighting and they're watching and they're doing. You know what I'm talking about? All of these things that are available to our children through, the, through their phones and, and through the, the games. And, and it's all about violence. It's all about kill. It's all about a- attack. It's, and you're saying, well, while you're sitting up there enjoying your tea and cookie, you have absolutely no embarrassment for your kids looking at that stuff. And when they grow up and when they get bigger and when they want nothing to do with God and when they want nothing to do with the church and they want nothing to do with the Bible, you look at them and say, Oh, honey, baby, I can't believe that. I raised you up in the church. Yeah. Does that sound like you've been raised up in the church when you get to sit in your bedroom looking at your phone and you can look at pornography, you can fight, you can keep killing, you can see people raped, and you're looking at that and you're doing all that. Had you raised them up in church? Really? I mean, I was born at night, I guess. I born at night? 11-11 Eleven, Eleven. Eleven, but it wasn't last night there was no embarrassment, no shame but we noticed tonight uh, there was no guilt at all in verse 15 there's no guilt neither. the Bible says therefore shall they fall among them that fall at the time and I visit them that they shall be cast down saith the Lord and no guilt at all zero guilt and I'm just saying tonight We're not talking about the prisoners. We're not talking about the jail. We're not talking about the drunkards and the drug addicts and the prostitutes and the harlots and the homosexuals and the abortionists. I'm not talking about all of those groups of adulterers and fornicators and whoremongers. I'm talking about the church. Amen. Amen. Talking about God's people tonight. That's who God's talking about. He said, I'm trying to reason with you. Not only do they cancel His word... But I noticed they canceled his will. Look in verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old path. where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk. Remember now, the point I'm trying to make is God is trying to reason. Trying to reason with them. He said, listen, man, I'm trying to give you my word. I'm trying to warn you. I'm trying to speak to you. But my word has become uncircumcised ears, and you despise it, or it's a reproach to you, and it's no delight in you. And now God comes to him and says, okay, maybe we could just come clean. Maybe we can reason together, like in Isaiah chapter 1. He says, why don't you just do a few things? And man, we might might work all this out if you could, if you would. It's like a test. He gave them one test and they they felt it on the word. And he gives them another test. He said, "Uh, this is my will for you. Uh, This is the desire of God. This is the delight of God. This is the demand of God to them. And they said, no, we won't walk therein. And he said, this is what I want you to do. He says, I want you to, on verse 16, he said, why don't you just stand? We won't stand. Just stand. We won't do it. He says, okay. In verse, there in verse 16, he says, well, then if, you want, if you're going to stand, I'd like for you to see. We won't see either. Okay. Then I would like for you to seek. In verse 16, he says, ask for the old paths. We're not going to seek either. Then won't you maybe strive? He said... We will not walk therein. They canceled his will. He said, I'm trying to work with you people. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to bring some rest to your souls. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work this out for you. Because you're not headed in a good direction. I done gave you one test and you done failed it with my word. And now I'm trying to give you another test with my will. And you're not so good either with that. I'm just asking you, would you stand, would you see, would you seek, and would you strive? Nope. Won't do that. Don't care. Don't want to. I'm gonna come to church when I want to come. I'm gonna do when I do what I do when I get here. I give when I give. I'll read my Bible when I want to. i pray when I want to. i live my life accordingly. If I don't want to smoke, I won't. If I do, i smoke a pack. And yet I say that I know God. And Jesus is my Lord. I'm not going to walk the way you want me to walk, God. I'm going to walk my walk. Is that what he's saying? That's what he's saying. God said, I'm trying to reason with you, folks. Number three. Not only did he cancel his word, but they canceled his will, but they canceled his warning. Look at verse 17. He says, Also, I set a watchman over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. <laughs> wow. I mean, I'm sending a trumpet out to you. I'm trying to give you as much warning as I can. I'm trying to tell you uh, by by blowing a a trumpet and giving you a watchman. Uh, I mean, listen, I am going all out for you. I'm trying to get you not to go in the direction you're going. And they said, nah, we won't hearken to the trumpet. We don't care what the watchman says. We don't care what the preacher says. We don't care what the trumpet of the gospel says. We don't care what the trumpet of the word of God says. We don't care about the trumpet of the spirit of God. We don't care about those things. So he says, third test failed. They continued casting off. Look at verse 18 and verse 19. Therefore, hear ye nations and know, O congregation, what is among them. What is among them? Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor my law, but rejected it. So not only tonight have they continued coming to church, and they continued uh, tonight to uh, to live their own life, but now they're continuing to cast off God. The Bible says, but rejected it. Rejected. Now, that word rejected is the same word as reprobate. Same Hebrew word. So when God said, I rejected them, they, be, they were going to be called a reprobate, what they're saying to God is, we reject you. And you're a reprobate. That's what they're saying. You say, well, nobody in their right mind, brother, in church will say that. Oh, their lives tell it. Their behaviors and conduct. When they get told what to do, how they respond and the reaction of it. Oh, yeah. They might not say it with their mouth, God, listen, you're a reprobate. And they might not say it to God, God, we reject it. But with their lives, it's revealed and manifested. We find it right here this this evening, friend, they continued casting off. They cast off God's promises in verse 11 and in verse 12. They cast off God's proof in verse 18. If you look down in verse 10 through 17 you'll find uh, that they have cast cast off God's proof of their sin and of their evil and of their pride. In verse 19, they cast off God's power. For He said that He's going to bring evil upon this people and they just cast it off. Who cares about this evil that God's going to bring? We don't care, we reject it. When the preacher preaches on hell, when the preacher preaches on the lake of fire, when the preacher preaches on the judgment, when the preacher preaches on the rapture, when the preacher preaches on you must face God and you must give an account to God, they just spit in the face of the preacher and they do their own thing and live their own lives under the guise of being a Christian. They cast it off. Cast off God's power to bring evil they cast off God's power to bring evil but cast off God's power to cause them to eat the Bible says in verse 19 even the fruit of their thoughts God said I'm gonna make you eat the very thoughts that you have of me that's what's gonna happen with you you think this is gonna be going down easy with you acting the way you're acting with me no Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I'm God we find they would cast off uh, of their own ways. Uh, he, they cast off God's precepts. Look at verse verse 19. Nor to my law. All the precepts that God had, they said we reject it. To all God's power, we reject it. To all God's proof and promises, we reject it. We reject even God's person. For he says that they they not hearken unto my words, nor to my law. And that's personal to God. It's God's law and God's word. And when you reject God's law and reject God's word, you reject God. What they did right there. And when God is just trying to reason with them. Just trying to bring them up to where they need to be. Strike one. Your word is a reproach to us. And we'll not delight in it. Strike number two or test number two, we're not going to walk like you want us to walk. Three, God, we don't care about your warning that you're going to bring evil upon us and we're going to eat their own thoughts that we have our own ways. We're not going to do that. We reject it. Tonight, that's what he, the, his own people are saying about God. And tonight, you want to go woke, you go broke. The fastest way to get away from God is go woke. God's not in the direction of woke. I don't know what woke means, but He's not there. This thing coming up out woke. Everybody's going woke. Uh, The the country's going woke. The government's going woke. The the education's going woke. I try to get our kids to go woke. And there's a multitude of churches tonight going woke. I mean, it's a ridiculous and sickening and nauseating thing tonight to see God's people in God's house, or so-called God's people in God's house. And, Fred, they're turning away from God's will and God's word and God's warning, and they have absolutely as overall rejected God. That's what happened in Jeremiah. And so God is trying to reason with them. What time is it? i got plenty of time. The Bible says here in verse 19, they rejected him. Again, the same word is the word reprobate in verse 30. Same exact Hebrew word. What does it mean? Well, it means this. It means to have contempt toward what you reject. That's the definition of this word reprobate or the word reject. It means that you have contempt toward what you reject. That's a big definition. You ought to write it down. You just don't reject something, but you hate and disdain what you rejected. They just didn't reject God. They rejected God with disdain and hate, and they they done it with a heart uh, that is totally 100% in an enemy of God. That's what it means tonight. It also means tonight to cast away with disdain. And they told God, we're just casting you away with disdain. We we don't even have any feelings toward that. We don't have feelings towards sin. We don't have feelings uh, towards the Bible. Uh, we we don't the calling of God doesn't draw us anymore. Uh, we we are desensitized with sin. Uh, things don't bother us anymore. If we don't come to church, we don't care. If we do come to church, we don't care. If the preacher preaches his heart out, we don't care. If he preaches just a little old sermonette, fifteen minute flowery, uh, just to pick you up to to show you how good and grand and glorious you are, we don't care. There's not one thing that affects us, nothing at all bothers us I mean if it's bad, if it's evil if it's good, if it's church, if it's not listen we're just in the numb mode either way we're just worried about the Texans winning tonight we're just going go Astros toward that championship we're just excited about life in general It means to refuse what you despise. It means worthless and useless. It means disapproved and disallowed rejected. So what is going on here? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. God is trying to reason with His people. Seeing the direction they're headed in and He's not wanting them to go there. And now... They called him a reprobate. And so now we find the refining. God now begins to refine. I want you to notice the refining of the people in the church. They do not become a reprobate until they get refined. Number one, God lays a stumbling block out before them. Look at verse 21. Therefore thus saith the Lord behold I will lay a stumbling block before this people and the fathers and the sons together and they shall fall on them and the neighbor and his friend shall perish. They will fall down and some of them will fall dead. So you'll find that God is saying listen. I've tried to work with you, I've tried to get you, I've tried to line you out, I've tried to straighten you up, you won't have nothing to do with me. You're going to do it like you want to do it and live like you want to live. Now you're going to fall under some refining with me. Because I'm not just willing to give you up easily. I'm not willing just to throw my hands and say, you go ahead and become a reprobate. I'm just not saying in my heart that I'm excited about you going in that direction. I'm going to do everything I can as God because I love you and I want to show forth my grace and my mercy towards you that I'm going to do every single thing within my power that you don't go towards that. Verse 30. And so he throws stumbling blocks out in front of them. He said, maybe this will get it. Maybe this will cause them to turn around. Maybe this will get them to come back. Number two, not only does he throw, God lays stumbling blocks, but I notice number two, God leads strong bands. Look at verse 22. He said, They shall lay hold of. On bow and spear they are cruel and have no mercy. The voice roareth like the sea and they ride upon horses and set array as men of war against thee, O daughter of Zion. We have heard the fame thereof and our hands wax feeble. Anguish have taken hold of us and as pain as of a woman in travail. He's saying, listen, uh, dear people, I'm fixing to unleash some bands upon you. Strong bands. These, these people that are going to come to you. They're going to be stronger than you. In Verse 22. They're going to be mightier than you in verse 24. They're going to be greater than you in verse 25. And they're going to be larger than you in verse 26. He says, O daughter of, of my people, gird thee with sackcloth and wallow thyself in ashes. Make thee mourning as for an only son. Most bitter lamentation for the spoiler uh, shall come suddenly upon us. He's saying, Listen, my people i am laid these blocks out before you and now I'm sending you some strong bands and it's going to be ugly. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be uh, hurtful and painful and it's going to be a time, Fred, where I don't ex- I'm not that excited about it going there but you have given me no other alternative. He's trying to refine them. And man, the Babylonians... Is who he's talking about. Boy, they're mean. And they're going to come in and they're going to ravish. They're going to do harm. And they don't care. And then thirdly, tonight, in verse 27, God tests for truth. He says in verse 27, I'm doing all that in these verses 21 down to 27. I'm doing it for this. In verse 27, I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know and try their way. You see, what God is doing, God is trying these people. He's examining these people. He is testing these people. He is investigating these people. Because God is not willing that these people go which way they're going. And so he's doing everything in God's, uh, God's power tonight to test them, investigate them, examine them, to let them see of their ways. And God's bringing stumbling blocks. God's bringing strong bands. God's bringing testing. And, Abraham, and, uh, and uh, Abraham, Jeremiah is the one who's a strong tower, bringing the test to the people. And tonight, the people... Just is not responding. Lastly and thirdly tonight, I want you to notice not only the reasoning that God had with His church and the refining that He had with His church, but I want you to notice the result of the people of the church. In verse 28, it tells us before the fire. It says, They are all grievous revolters, walking with slanders, brass and iron, they are all corruptors. In the fire, verse 29, the bellows are burned, the lead is consumed of the fire, the founder melteth in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. And this is what he's saying to us tonight. He's saying that I have this silver. And if anybody knows anything about refining a silver, I don't know much about it, but I do know this that a silver will be put through the fire. And as that fire will refine that silver, that there would be in that silver the first time that it, it goes through that firing line, you pull it back out, and yes, some impurities come out. Right? And yes, some dross comes out. But you still have a little bit of silver. You take that same little bit of silver and you put it back into fire. And they take the silver back out and you'll have more dross and more impurities. You put the silver back in the fire. And you'll find each time you do the process, the silver becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. You get what I'm saying? God has said that I put you through the fire and I'm looking at you, I'm examining you. And that's what that word reprobate would mean tonight. It means this in connotation. It means I have tested you. I have examined you. I have looked at you. I've given you time after time after time after time. I've done all that I can to bring you unto me and yet you've been found unapproved. And so now the silver is called reprobate silver. Because There's no value to the silver now. It's just dross. It's just impurities. No more silvers left in the reprobate silver. And God is saying to us tonight, after the fire, in verse 30, He says, Reprobate silver shall men call them because the Lord hath rejected them. All that's left in reprobate silver is no more silver but dross. And dross tonight has no value, it has no worth, it has no use. And God's looking at His so-called people in Jeremiah chapter 6. And He said, I called you daughters of Jerusalem of Zion. I called you my people, I called you my family, I call you my people, I call you my prophet, I call you my priest, I call you these words, I thought that that maybe was what you might be unto me, but after the examination, after the test, after all of these tryings that I give to you, after the fire that I put you through because I have to know who you really are, I have found now that you're just a reprobate silver and I have to, rep- I have to reject that. He said, there's no value with you, and there's no use for you. Tonight, is it possible that church members, that people call themselves Christians tonight, God's putting them through the test? God's putting them through the test? And one of these days, that test ends. And all God sees is just dross. And not silver. And he says to them. You're silver reprobate. I reject you. Oh but Lord. We've done mighty things in your name. Just never knew you. Oh Lord we preached. In the mighty name of Jesus. We cast out demons. Just never knew you. We find that. The only thing that was left was dross, but secondly, the only thing that was left was damnation. And so, what you do with reprobate silver? Even though it still has the shine, it still has it still has the look, it still has the shape. It, when you look at it, you, you say, "Boy, that's a beautiful, beautiful silver piece. It's got the glitter and the shine. It's got all that." But God sees it and says, "Oh no, it's just dross. You don't see what I see. I put him through the test." And I found that he's wanting. And I tell you what I do with that piece of silver called the reprobate silver is I throw it away. I discard it. I have no need for reprobate silver. So what happens tonight as a reprobate silver? You're disallowed and you're disavowed, and tonight you're rejected. You can't come back to God. You're done. And that's why I believe in all of the world tonight as the church goes worldly and goes woke and as the preachers the behind the pulpit get weaker and get more and get more to the place where they, they don't really want to preach no more. They just want to teach and they, they just want to give you some information. They want to make you feel good and, and feel uh, glorious about yourself. Our churches will decline and the people inside the church will decline. And next thing you know, friend, you'll find that the church is full of reprobates. And if the church is full of reprobates, guess what the world is? We find tonight that the damnation was of the reprobate here. Throw away, go away, melt away. And thirdly tonight, there was only a description left, and that was it's fake, it's phony, and it's false. Tonight, God's reject them. They're unapproved, they're disallowed, and they're unwanted. I wonder tonight, we need to make sure tonight, make sure, that you're not a reprobate. You say how would I know that, brother? Well, you know that. Is how do you respond to God's word? How do you reveal God's son? And how do you reflect God's spirit? How do you respond to God's word? How do you reveal God's son? And how do you reflect God's Spirit. If you could go out there tonight and sin, and it don't bother you. You come into the house of God and hear messages, and you never get touched. If you could go out and watch TV and listen to dirty music, and you can live like a devil and come to church and have no, no shame or guilt in any way. I'm not saying you're a reprobate because I don't know. I'm just saying you're headed that direction. Amen? Amen. That's what Jeremiah is talking about, a reprobate. And I pray today that there's nobody in this room that's a reprobate. Because God will reject it. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I have tried my best and with the best of my ability to stay right with the Word of God tonight. In the Word of God. In the context of the Scripture. Not move out of it, but move in it. Tonight, I, I want Glory Baptist Church to thank. Tonight, where are we at? Do we respond to God's Word when He speaks to us? Can we? If God still brings conviction on your heart, you better say amen. If you hear a preaching of God's Word, and boy, it begins to work on you, you better say hallelujah, glory to God. Man, you better thank God tonight you can't do nothing and get away with it. You better thank God that you have a heart to come to church and a heart to live for God and a heart to pray and a heart to support the things of God. You better thank God you're faithful at the house of God. All oh, these indications show that there's something going on in you. But as a reprobate, those things won't even bother you. You can leave the church tonight and go to another church and keep on kicking. There'll be no issues. You can stop tonight reading your Bible. You don't have to read your Bible all week, the reprobates. Read them all week and you're okay with that. You can rob God and go, go at Babasita's and buy a $34 chicken fajita plate robbing God and sit there and eat that plate and be as happy as a lark. And be excited about it. That's reprobate material. I'm not saying there are reprobates. I'm just saying that's an indication of one headed that way. I'm afraid tonight, church. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I hope you are too. You sing, Brother Jordan. You see, If you need to come to the altar tonight And just get saved Won't you come get saved Won't you say brother I just need to be born again I need to be born of the spirit tonight I'm sick and tired of my sin I'm sick and tired of my life I'm sick and tired of being rebellious And stubborn I'm sick and tired of causing trouble I'm sick and tired of being unhappy Unsettled I'm sick and tired of taking a foot forward And going backwards I'm ready for Jesus to take my life. And come into my heart. And I'll be born again. In this ma'am. What you
1: Lord, abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children, help those who are weak, forgetting in nothing his blessing to see. Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be, by in thy conduct his lightness shall see. Take time to Of uh-huh.